What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming to you live from, oh, what's that? San Diego, California. Beautiful weather down here. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jake, and special guest, Zane. Boys, how we doing? Uh, doing pretty great, Paige. I mean, we just finished an electric interview that I'll let you plug later, and I, I think this is going to be a great episode. Yep. Special guest Zane here, super special special guest Zane here. Um, no frauds to catch these days, so we'll take away that title. But it's sunny, it's beautiful in Seattle right now. You're missing out, Paige. Um, but yeah, Jake couldn't have uh, sold it better. I'll sell it again. We have a, we have quite the interview, folks. You're gonna want to stay tuned. We'll get through these headlines fast for you because it's a spicy one. Don't change that channel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Sounds like it was an absolutely electric interview. Thanks again, Sean, for hopping on. Um, but with that being said, you know, as always, we're joined by our lovely interns, Dan Coop and Zambi, probably Baja somewhere around there. Uh, let's jump into these headlines. Dan, take us away. Well, boys, the moment we've been waiting for, Chet Holmgren commits to Gonzaga a little late for uh, Jay Page's taste buds. Had to do that wing challenge, as you all remember. But at last, Chet, the 7-1 unicorn, is a zag. Oh, God. It just makes me think. The great white buffalo. You know, we finally landed him. God, just – he – what, he's one of six players who's had a perfect one ranking – or one composite score in 24-7. I think the others are like LeBron James, like Dwayne Wade. Like, it's insane. Like – Guys, where do we go from here? My God, the Zags keep getting better. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jake said it. Jake said it best. All the wounds are officially healed um, from the past couple of weeks. We'd have, we've had nothing but bad news as Zag fans for a while. Um, Chet gave us, gave us some, something to look forward to. Uh, ESPN didn't make it easy on us. We had to learn about, you know, you know, all respect to Alex Smith, but we had to we had to ponder that news for a little longer than I think most Zag fans would have liked. We had to, you know, learn again. Oh, maybe Zion wants to go to New York because he smiled while talking about the city. Um, and so it it wasn't easy for us to get to this point, but you know, Chet is a Zag. He's going to be at Gonzaga next year. Uh, the future is looking so, so bright. Some of us, maybe one of us who's getting interviewed later might think that next year's team's looking a little better than this year's team. Stay tuned. Wow. Electric. Yeah. Um, don't forget the nice little special on Trey Lance for about eight minutes, um, selling us on why he should be the top quarterback. But, you know, it was great to uh, close the chapter on last year. And, you know, with that whole announcement, it really felt like, hey, Zags aren't going anywhere. We're going to be back next year with the potential to even be better. Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, so I was at work, so I was just slyly looking at Chet's live IG. And time zones are hard. I couldn't figure out when he was coming on. And so I'm watching this, and this guy looked so bored. It He knew he had his decision in his right pocket, or should you say his T-shirt underneath that hoodie. But <laughs> um, I'm really excited to see Chet. Um I hope he puts on a little bit of weight, but I mean, even if he doesn't, it's still going to be an electric season. Very excited for the future and some other stuff you'll hear in the interview. Nice tease, Zambi. Yeah, Chet as a Zag is going to be unbelievable. We think about what this year's team was missing, rim protection. 
Chet brings that at an absolutely elite level. So just get ready. It's going to be one hell of a year. Let's stay right there at Minnehaha Academy because as one Minnehaha grad comes in, Jalen Suggs, to the surprise of many, moves on, goes to the NBA. Uh, Suggs is gone, but one hell of a ride. Speaking of teasing, you know, he was doing the announcement, which we all thought was weird on, on ESPN. And it just turns out it's an NFT because he's announcing. And um, I, it's, it's up to about $1,900 right now, boys. We could buy this. And, you know, as Suggs becomes an all-star, we become millionaires. It's a win-win. So who's in? Yeah, I was actually just about to comment on that, Jake. Thank you very much. I was would like to announce to our massive audience that I have officially formed an investment group of NFTs and other cryptocurrencies. Uh, <laughs> we have some majority partners in my group. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's the first one we're looking to add. So if anyone wants to join this hype train, um, you know, hit me up. Boys, of course, you're more than welcome. Uh, but let's get it rocking. All right. I'm going to get us back to this Jalen Suggs news because I don't know what the hell NFTs are. I don't even know where to begin on that topic. But one of the funniest parts of this whole Jalen Suggs uh, announcement was was me personally um, listening to Dan, being on the receiving end of Dan's optimism that perhaps Jalen Suggs would be announcing that he was returning to school next year. And I'll tell you what, Dan, no, no one came up with more reasons why Jalen Suggs should return than Daniel and Serpy. Um, Dan, ha what, what happened there, bud? Because I, I told you it wasn't going to happen. You did warn me. You told me that I could just keep banging my head against the wall and I'll just get a concussion because it's not going to move and Suggs is going to leave. Look, I just thought that as more time went on, the way things ended, the fact that he was one game short of his ultimate goal, that he loved playing for few, that he didn't get the college experience, that he'd have an opportunity to play with Chet. I was starting to accumulate some reasons why he stays. But turns out there are millions of reasons to leave. Jalen, thank you for your service. Go make your money. Go have a hell of a career. And go join Domas as all-star Zags. We'll talk more about Jalen in our farewell a little later. Anyone else? Was anyone kind of on board? Jake, I think I kind of got you thinking maybe, maybe he might stay. It's not tough to get oh, this group on board with anything. Let's not forget Jake got us all on board with Balo getting drafted this year. So let's simmer down yeah. with that. I was like, yeah, he'll definitely go late first. And you guys are like, well, probably mid-second then, mid-second. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I would say we, we all tend to do the lemming approach when it comes to takes. If we pitch it with enough confidence, we'll follow. But I, I think that's what's great about this group. Like I said, we will uh, give Jalen our uh, proper farewell later in the show. Stick around for that. Coming up after the electric Sean Harris interview. Moving on, we got some more good news. Andrew Nemhart will be coming back based on an article in The Athletic. Apparently, Mark Few has since confirmed that. Jay Page, is that right? Yeah, on the article, he said he was just like, yeah, Andrew's coming back. Uh, and Drew, um, sounds like he was he's testing, but sounds like it's likely. Uh, but we'll get more on that later. 
There we go. So much, Andrew, much more on back. that later. Much more on that later. Big time news that we get our point guard back. Everyone thinks he's going to absolutely tear it up being the lead guard in this system. Uh, I'd say this is a huge piece for us next year. Let me tell you a horror story. You're a center playing for Portland. You look up. Andrew Nemhard is coming down at you. You look to either side. You have Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. What the fuck do you do? Like, you're so screwed. There's literally no defense to play you can do. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm just one quick note. I'm really excited for uh, Andrew to get like a whole summer in our strength and conditioning program, as well as uh, working with our coaches. Cause he was kind of like in that weird tweener in my red shirting, am I about to get eligible? And then he had to play a full season. So super excited for Andrew to come back. Yeah. He's going to be uh, unbelievable. We kind of talked a little bit more about Andrew again in this interview. We're teasing it because it is phenomenal. We will not let you down. Moving on. Transfer portal. Omar Balo. Umar Balo, I should say. I'm sorry. Big O. He is following Tommy Lloyd to Arizona. Brenna kind of hit the nail on the head last week with us. No surprise there. Hopefully uh, the big O can go get some playing time and maybe get some hands while he's at it down there in Tucson. Wow. You don't have to dig on the kid when he leaves for Arizona. <laughs> what a dick. I, for one... Expect the Arizona Sun to bake this beautiful batch of cookie dough into oh. a delicious chocolate chip cookie. Oh boy! Um, I'm still on the Balo train. I think Tommy Lloyd is going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to turn you into an NBA draft prospect," and that'll just convince everybody to come to Arizona. So I think Balo is going to be, you know, his David. You know, he's carving this marble. It, it doesn't look like much now. It's very clumsy. It's very awkward. But something beautiful can come out of it if you just give it the time and minutes it needs. Yeah, I mean, this pretty much confirms that we like have to at least semi-root for Arizona next year. Uh, on, on some level, they have two, well, Tommy Lloyd, one of the most beloved Zags of all time. Balo, just for our show, I mean, I feel like, you know, yeah, we were harsh on the kid at sometimes, but but we all still loved him. Um, and so yeah, catch me watching some Pac 12, um, Arizona Wildcats basketball, I guess. Yeah, well, part of me feels like Balo is like obviously it's frustrating not getting very many minutes, especially towards the second half of the year. Um but I think he's just going to use that as motivation. And I think there's a good potential that he develops a little bit more in Arizona. But um, that being said, forks up. I'm not going to be rooting for U of A. Put it on the table right now. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. And uh, we didn't touch on this because it's been a lot. It's old news by now. But, yes, Tommy Lloyd did take the job at Arizona after all the shit we talked about that situation last week. So, Let's just uh, remind everyone that that did indeed happen. It's been a busy week in Zagland. Moving on to the ring, Jake Paul KOs Ben Asker in the first round. Is Jake Paul now a legit fighter, boys? No. I, I would say simply, I mean, he hasn't fought like a trained fighter, I guess, who's not like 50, right? Or like retired and like probably dealing with – all kinds of pain. I don't, I don't know. 
I'm getting pretty tired of this like sensationalized amateur boxing. It's like, I don't know, celebrity boxing just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, uh, I, I would consider myself to be a pretty big MMA fan. I, I pretty much purchase almost every single like UFC fight. Um, uh, so pretty, pretty intrigued by these little Jake Paul fights. I was really hoping Ben Askren could put it on, put him on his ass. But Ben, for those of you who don't know, Askren is a, like strictly a wrestler. The guy is actually known for being a terrible puncher in the octagon. <laughs> Um, and so this was, this was never like, maybe he could like, I think most MMA fans would have thought, Hey, uh, he, you can't knock this guy out. This guy has taken shots from some of the best, uh, you know, UFC fighters. Jake Paul's not going to knock him out. Um, Jake Paul did knock him out. So I think, you know, you got, you got to give the guy a little credit for that. Um, but question for you guys, the way he fell, I don't know. You watch that replay again. Is this is something sketchy about this? Because this guy doesn't get knocked out that easy. Did he take a dive and just say, fuck it, one mil in the bank, and I only have to fight for like a minute and a half? Well, I think he made the claim to the ref that he was good to go, but I guess the ref called it. I mean, I'm, I'm in the school that thinks this whole thing was fixed. I think Jake paid him a lump sum under the table. Ben agreed, and... I mean, you can watch the highlight video. The guy is like pretty much smiling or has a smirk on his face when he's walking away. <laughs> his so, wife hugs him. His wife gives him a hug. Yeah, as the he's like, fuck, you know, I look like shit on live TV, but I just got paid. So all is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Jake's just trying to get the street cred to, you know, work his way up. And I think eventually he'll get his ass kicked. I think it's inevitable. Um, I mean, I think the whole highlight of the whole fight was Pete Davidson calling him out for all the allegations he has against him. And Jake just looking like didn't have a response. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I would just throw in, this was the most wild sporting event I've ever watched in my life. You had Justin Bieber singing songs I've never heard before. You had Oscar De La Hoya, who was high on many different substances, I'm guessing. Um, you had Snoop Dogg you know, cheering that he had won $2 million after the fight. It, this was chaos. You had the little TikTokers in the ring giving belts to all these guys. Wild, wild. I'll, I'll probably buy it again next time. Yeah, just the circus. This is pretty much just the WWE. I, I totally agree with Cooper. <laughs> and where it's just like, oh, yeah, I really hope Undertaker can win this fight. It should be a close one. Like, <laughs> I think everyone knows who's winning. I'm still not sure how, like, action is being placed on this. I would never bet on any of this. Yeah, well, uh, I know as much about this as I do about like NFTs and all that other shit. So let's get out of there. Let's go talk about something we all love. Let's talk some Zags with Mr. Sean Harris. I have loved Gonzaga from the first time I saw him. I mean, it's just too much depth, too much size, too much experience, and a winner's mentality. Kinsburg. He's got over a thousand points in his career. Look at Drew Timmy. Oh, Timmy, man. My guy, Timmy. Timmy. Oh. the rebounds and puts it in we're tied at 93 seconds left here's Suggs the other way pull up three for the win yes yes set yes! the championship game let's not mitigate or minimize what Gonzaga was this year 
I, I don't think Gonzaga's going anywhere. Gonzaga's not going anywhere. The Zags watch on. All right, we are joined by a very special guest tonight, probably the most hyped up one we have ever had. It is Mr. Sean Harris, the father of Gonzaga rising sophomore guard, Dom Harris. Sean, it is a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. I think we, once we kind of got introduced to you and kind of saw the way you kind of peeled the curtain back on the, on the Gonzaga Twitter world, we knew that you were going to be a guy that uh, we'd want to talk to, you know, at some point. And just last week, uh, we were talking about you on the show. We were talking about your tweet about how Gonzaga was maybe striking out of the transfer portal a little bit. You let everybody know, as you tend to do, you seem to just kind of let everything out there. You let everybody know. This team was going to be just fine. It's going to be straight nasty next year. We just got dudes all over the place. And then a couple of days later, Chet Holmgren is added to the mix. So did you kind of know that uh, that one was coming last week when you kind of warned us all that, that we'd be okay? Listen, man, that, that pot been cooking for over a year. You know, <laughs> we, listen, we, I, I keep telling everybody, like, this is a new day and age, especially from the domestic you know, recruit signs. I mean, it's always been dudes international. Let's call it what it is. I mean, Sabonis and all those dudes, I mean, you know, they five stars for sure. You know, the international game just gets, you know, depicted a little bit differently. But, you know, um, it, it's plenty of dudes, you know, ready to go. And um, I knew that, you know, coming in the game because I know what we put in this game. You know, I know as soon as my son had verbally committed, I know it went official in January of 2018, I think, but it was well done during the summertime. You know, there was this waiting time. We were trying to figure it out or whatever. But we knew right then that we were all in, you know. And uh, if you know anything about our family dynamics and our history, you know, once we're all in, we're all in. And so it was about, you know, seeing what we can construct on our end. Well, you know, the coaching staff do a great job, of course. But we all know dudes want to play with dudes. And if you got a top 100 guy, you know, who's a baller, you know, people saddle up on that, you know, and that's what we wanted to do because it wasn't those people coming at the time, you know, let's be honest. It's just not on the domestic front, right? You know, we wasn't getting, you know, four stars. Like Dom could have easily been a five star. You know, that's another story for another podcast. I just decided not to, you know, change my family di uh, dynamics and, and sell out to certain parts of the uh, grassroots game, you know, so that one star kind of eluded us, but I don't regret it. You know, but all the dudes, you know, in that 94 by 50 box, you know, you're a box bully out there. They know who you are and they want to saddle up with it. And uh, we were lucky, you know, to have that influence. I have a question for you, Sean. So as a parent of a, you know, a star athlete, you know, obviously Dom was receiving interest from just so many colleges to come play ball for, for him. Is, is it difficult as a parent to one, you know, one, you want to give your, your uh, kid advice, but two, you probably want to, you know, have them come to their own decision. Is that a, a difficult balance to find? You know, for me, it wasn't, you know, because I've been in this business already, you know, so, you know, Dom's always been exposed. Dom's the youngest kid, you know, he's my youngest son. I got three boys, you know, all, you know, having careers and doing their thing. And uh, so he's always been around the gym. So he's always been, a dude, you know, around dudes. You know, I grew up in this game, you know, coaching high school basketball, JUCO, four-year, the dean of athletics. 
you know, after I had a successful uh, career in retail uh, management um, at the district level with Walmarts and Targets. So I knew that Don was already, you know, he was already set in his trajectory of, of what, you know, what he wanted to become and what he wanted to do. So I knew that, like, the first phone I gave to him when he was in fifth grade, the first text he ever texted me was NBA all the way, right? So I do, and then I just kind of monitored him that I saw him really getting serious about the game. And then once he started getting really serious about, you know, taking his craft to another level, then I knew, you know, that he would be, you know, in contention to be able to do that. But uh, to, to answer your question, yeah, we had UNC. I mean, Roy Williams, you know, recruited him in the ninth grade. Dom just made a fast decision, you know, faster than others. And he made that decision, you know, and uh, the way it went down was I pulled synergy because, you know, when you're in the college ranks, you can pull synergy, all the college teams. So we pulled it all the way back for five years and we kind of just been honest with ourselves to see where we thought Dom may forecast out. You know, and at this time he was 5'7". You know, I know the website of Gonzaga say Dom 6'3", but he's legit 6'4 and a half. You know, so I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know what happened to the measuring tape once he came to Spokane, because <laughs> he, he didn't shorten up. I mean, you don't dunk on seven one dudes, you know, that, that easy if you're not who you are. But um, so when we came to the conclusion, I think he came up here on the NBC camp um, in Spokane. One of my uh, uh, old athletic directors, his name is uh, Rhett Saladay. He the one that first introduced us to the Zags, okay? Because he lives out there, that's where he's from. Um, small town, probably like 30 minutes uh, north of Spokane. So he was my old athletic director. He was like, hey, you know, the Zags would be a great fit for Don. So I was like, hey, take him out there. So he went to the NBC camp. He hooked up with Donnie Daniels. Y'all know Donnie D, we miss him, right? Oh and yeah. Straight legend. You know, he's, if you look at his background, all the dudes that he put on college rosters is crazy, right? Crazy ridiculous. So, you know, he was kind of sold in on Dom. And then later on, you know, Tommy, you know, came in and visit and it was a wrap, you know, it was a wrap. So um, that's kind of how Dom, you know, got to his ads. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Tommy at the end there because that's one of the biggest stories in the Gonzaga world right now is Tommy Lloyd accepting the head coaching job at Arizona. Um, I'm just curious, what was his role sort of in uh, your son's recruitment to go to Gonzaga? And then part two of that question, um, what is Gonzaga going to miss with Tommy Lloyd leaving the school, um, if anything? All right, yeah, you know, like, for me, I don't even look at it anymore as recruiting anymore because technically this is year five for us. See, you know, we're not just a random recruit. Oh, just picked up, you know, the Zags, you know, in your, your 12th grade year, you know, 11th grade or whatever. So this is year, this year five for us. We're coming up on year five. So it's family for us. You know, anytime, you know, Lloyd had any business in California, you know, they would come by and vice versa. So I've been to Spokane plenty of times. Um, you know, even when we was, you know, just in the recruiting every year, I've been up here sometimes twice a year. And, and, you know, the way they recruit and watch, you know, Dom's games and the way they love on their recruits and invest in their recruits, right? You know, I've seen them all the time. So, you know, I'm gonna miss Tommy, but I'm, I'm so happy for him. And if you know Tommy and you know his family and, you know, Liam, you know, you know everybody, right? This, that's, I mean, it can't get no better than that, right? And, um, 
I'm gonna catch some games there too. You know, I'm gonna hit them up for sure. You know, eight times, <laughs> I'm gonna need those tickets. If you listen, I'm gonna need those tickets. I'm come and support because that's family, right? And the only game I want to see him lose by 20 is when he played us. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just real, right? But it's all love afterwards, right? So, but yeah, we're gonna miss uh, Tommy's expertise, you know, overseas, international. But the little things that Tommy brings to the table, you know, um, you know, pulling teams together and you know, looking at experience and and, and different value systems, and you know, it's just a a, a really good reflection of what. Coach Few has has done with his leadership and the autonomy he gives to his staff to 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 represent him. So we're definitely gonna miss Tom for sure. And uh, with Tommy gone now, you mentioned uh, Donnie Daniels as well. Yeah. So maybe yeah. two of the guys that were really involved in in Dom's recruitment no longer being there. But yeah. I just wanted to ask you just about you know from from a parent perspective. What is it about Gonzaga you think that allows for, you know, somebody like Dom, your son, to be able to go there, grow both on the court and off the court as well? Like, what is it about the the Gonzaga fit that works so well for for people like Dom? It's the culture, man. You know, and and since now, like I said, year five, I've never been lied to by the coaching staff or anything. I've never been misled. Never thought it was supposed to be this and it wasn't that. None of that, man. Communication's always been at a high level. A uh, few always been upfront with me about everything. You know, I love his family tremendously. I love the coaching staff. You know, Roger Powell, I know, came on the last couple of years. Love him and his family. Uh, B Mike don't get enough credit, man. That's that's the dude. You know, um, a lot of people overlook him, but um, that's a great mistake. You know, he's a young, dynamic coach. Does a lot for the program. Um, he keeps everything together. We're close with everyone. So it's like, you know, almost like having your family member go somewhere else. And it's kind of like a surreal moment, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like they're gone, but you know they're gone. So that's kind of how that is. And Donnie D the same way, like Donnie D still keep up with us. You know, he comes out and visit Dom. Like, when you're a part of the Zag culture, you don't leave, you know? Um, I remember when I first, when we first signed on, I, I was a little apprehensive though with the Zag culture, because if you, touch any GU board, you know, you might, you know, it might change your mind, right? Because the GU board is, is, is polar opposite than the culture that's within the family of Gonzaga, you know? So, so that's, that's my thing. Like the GU board almost turned me off, right? And we almost didn't make it here because of the GU board. If I, if I didn't see the GU board, Don would have been done in the summer of his freshman year not in the middle of like coming off this freshman year and a sophomore year. So I had to take a couple of steps back and make sure it was what it was. So some of you fans that's on that, that <laughs> board, y'all need to chill out a little bit because you hurt in recruitment, like for real, like some of your comments of not knowing like the real deal because this is people livelihoods, right? It's, it's families, you know, I don't have to live vicariously through my kids, you know, but it is some recruits who come from single parents, right? In different demographics and this means everything to them right and so it's a lot riding on um their you know their journey their plight you know so i would uh just tell the gu board to you know pipe down a little bit you gotta be out if you're here but i know it's all love every everybody gotta you know everybody do their thing and i ain't mad at you but just understand that 
recruits who don't understand the culture, if they see that, they could be turned off a little bit. So, you know, that's all, you know, I have to say about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add, uh, so you're, the whole idea that Twitter can like turn off recruits these days, it's all part of this kind of like social media takeover just in general with the world we're living in. Um, but, but while we're on the point of recruiting, uh, it, it has come to our attention very quickly over these past couple of years that we have a top secret recruiter in, in the program right now as a player. Uh, and, and your son, you know, we just landed Chet, um, you know, Jalen, all these guys, but all these dominoes fell after Dom was sort of the first big domestic recruit that we landed. Um, what was that process like? Uh, just can you sort of clarify? Because a lot of people seem to skip over um, Dom and even and even Julian Strother a lot and go straight to Suggs. Yeah. So can you can you set the record straight on that for us? You want us? You want me to read some receipts, right? We, <laughs> we, need to, we need to bring the receipts out, right? Um, no, it's crazy. Like you know, Dom's all know a lot of guys, man, and, and it's a lot. You know, basketball. But if you think about it. Like, if you check the receipts on Dom, this is one thing that I um, I do want to get straight. Like, they talked to him like he a bench, like he a bench warmer, like he a bench rider. He ain't never been on the bench. Like, dudes know that. Dudes respect guys. Like, he's always been a starter. You look at his AAU team. He played with Kyrie Walker, McCord Maker, Coleman Hawkins, Isaiah Cottrell, Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley. And he started on every, every one of those rosters, right? and contribute, right? Dropped, you know, um, multiple 30-point games on Sierra Canyon and all of these dudes, right? Constantly. As a junior, uh, posterized James Wiseman, right? <laughs> top number one sports center, and that was junior year, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, I see all these like, uh, you know, like, oh, Dom, you know, he's coming here, he's coming off the bench. Dude, you know how many programs was even asking me just to go into the portal? On the side, they just follow my DM and they just follow my text. Like, oh, are y'all going to Portal? Are y'all, oh, y'all happy? Are y'all this and that? Man, we've been loyal. <laughs> it's crazy, right? But I hear the rhetoric, you know, through the fan base as they just go past a dude who's only only had 25 points his whole career, right? First uh, Wooden Award winner in California as a freshman over 40 years. And if you look at all the the Max uh, reports and everything else, you actually skipping over a dude. Who's a dude? Now, the great thing about it is for our program, other dudes know that and they want to ball with them. You know, so that's what's so cool about it. And I thought it was really, really uh, good of Dom to show how unselfish and how, you know, selfless he is because yeah. nobody normally recruit a dude that might play your position or might not, you know, but he can play the one, the two, and he can even get the wing because he can stretch the, the floor with his three-point shooting. But normally you don't have recruits coming in and recruit other guys who can compete or rival for their position. It just showed me that he's very comfortable in himself. But Dom's an introvert, you know, by, by nature. So he's not, um, you can tell Dom he, he went a million dollars, his facial expression won't change. You can tell him he lost a million dollars, it won't change. The only time you're going to get really um, some kind of energy, like, you know, because him and Jalen polar opposite, you know, Jalen going to tell you about it when he giving it to you, you know what I'm saying? And Don won't tell you about it when he gives it to you. He's just going to give it to you. So they totally two different uh, players, 
but they really connected a whole lot of, of different ways. And I was hoping to see um, a little bit more of them this year, but it was a short season. So they went with experience, right? And we all know five stars, that's the whole reason why everybody wanna be a five star because normally whether you're ready or not, right? You just gonna hit the floor, you know? So I, I never thought that we were a one and done talent anyway. So I wasn't really tripping about that. But I think this year coming up, you know, as long as we stay healthy, y'all gonna be talking a different tune uh, with the way this kid can fill it up. And then with, I think we're actually more athletic and more dynamic in each position. I mean, Caden Perry, nobody's talking about him. All this dude do is <laughs> dudes in the rim. That's all he does. This, this kid puts dudes in the rim on a constant basis and nobody's talking about him, right? So, I mean, we got, and then, you know, we got Ben Gray that came in early, that got stronger, you know, early. And, and I made a tweet, right? And, um, you know, about, you know, Dominic coming off the bench. And what I meant by that is, like, coach is going to make whatever decision coach is going to make, right? But you telling me a kid of that talent who now watered the bamboo for a whole year, played against one of the best uh, point guards, right, in the country, and you think he's just not going to develop and not going to flourish and not going to, you know, you think, and, and then know the system, you think that's not going to happen? You know, so it's just a hunch to me, but I think what we saw with Baylor is they beat our tail, right, with a three-guard system, and we got a chance to do the same thing. You add Chet to the mix, now he has stretched four, whatever, can bring the ball up, stretch the four. I think we're going to be even more faster. I mean, Cook did do a Dom a favor. Like, Dom can jump out of the gym. I'm glad he threw one up, you know, to Dom so y'all can see him go get it. But <laughs> in that Norfolk game, right, he had an opportunity to throw one up to Dom, but he didn't do it because I went to every game. You, you know, I went to every game. You know, the only game I didn't go to was uh, Utah, right, because it was like last minute and they kind of had it, you know, pretty quick. And, and who wants to go to Utah anyway? Let's be honest. <laughs> nah. Who's BYU, right? That's David Rock. I knew he was going to beat him. So I was like, I'm not running to Utah, but um, we're going to have a team where you got dudes can catch lobs, take them off the three, break them down mid-range. I mean, this team is going to be exciting, but we so spoiled, man. Like, I'm spoiled, right? I've been doing this now for five years with you guys, right? Being a part of the family, and I'm spoiled. Like, 30 win seasons, five consecutive, and we still screaming about, oh, what it's going to look like next year? What you think <laughs> it's going to look like next year? It's going to be a whole lot of winning. And then all this about, hey, you know, um, I think the best thing happened to us was to lose against Baylor, right? Because we saw another level where we needed to go, right? So I thought last year's team, because I love all these dudes, like, you know, I fancy Joel, all of these dudes. I love them, right? They my, they my dudes, but we were gentlemen, right? Now we knew when we ran against Baylor and we got all this backlash, now we know we really got to be dogs. Right. So that means we got to go on the on the playground and push some dudes down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to walk over some dudes this year. Right. We got to pull it out the mud a little bit. We got to throw a little bit more elbows. Right. You know, in there, we just got to get a little more tough. And I think we got some dudes that are gritty. Chet's gritty. Um, Nimhart's gritty. Anton's grittier than anybody all get out. And I think he's going to be even more healthier. And, and that's a dude that can go to the league. We, we just got so much around us that I think this year we won't have the same record for sure because that was historic. But I think our end result is going to be what everybody wants. And I think we're going to be pulling a trophy. So those on my Twitter page that don't believe that, you ain't a real fan. Like, get off my Twitter page. Like, this <laughs> team, 
gonna win, right? And, yeah. And I can't see it any other way, fellas. Oh, Sean, you're getting me so fired up right now. The the water, the bamboo, the playing like dogs. I in that Baylor game uh, at halftime. I remember we. We were down in the dumps. We felt good about bringing it within 10, but we were still down a little bit. And you had that video telling oh. Zach fans, calm down. We got oh, this. We man. got this. And I really <laughs> did use that, man. Like, I saw two games in my whole life that I've never saw two teams shoot as well as they shot, right? The UCLA game. And I know these dudes, right? I'm from Cali, right? I've been in the gyms. I've seen these dudes from, like, 10 years old all the way up. And they never have a game like that. No disrespect, but. Come on, like it was crazy. Oh, yeah, their center is making every like right. mid range two, you yeah, know, it was crazy, right? And then it was, uh, you know, it was just guys rising up to the moment, so all respect to them, but man, it was like it was miracle shots going on, you know. I, I told like God gifted some dudes that night, you know, what I mean, it's like it's some dudes that don't shoot a clip that like they shot, and, and and you know, we went through two of the toughest teams, right? And and we and we did crap out. Look, we got to ask, look, let me be honest about that. I don't want to fake that, you know, we got our butt whipped, but we got the secret password, right? So we it's like honeycomb, you know, hide out. We got the secret decoder. Now we're going to come this year and we're going to rip some butts, right? Tear some people up and everybody going to be surprised. And they're going to talk the WCC thing. We got to live through that, right? Michigan going to hate. We already know what they're going to do, right? <laughs> you know, we just got to take all that in, right? But then when it gets back to New Orleans, right? Because we're going back, y'all. Let's be honest. We're going back. And now it's no whole bar. We know what that feel like. So, you know, so I, I think, you know, we'll be preseason number one. I really don't care how we start, y'all. I just want to finish, you know, with the trophy, you know, in our hands. And I think this is the year that we do it for everybody, right? And then we'll bring all those alums back, right? And then let's just party. Let's just turn Spokane out. <laughs> Okay, let's just go to the Davenport, wherever you want to go. You know, <laughs> let's, let's go, man. You know? And, and last, last question about the uh, the Baylor game, because one of the things that, that irked us on this show was a comment by Mark Vidal afterwards saying that Gonzaga, that they had a little edge in that game because the Baylor players had heard that Gonzaga players had bought champagne bottles champagne. already for the – can you dispel that for us? Just – that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, so I mean, who who would have did that though? Who who they thought? <laughs> I don't know. Half of the ki- half of them can't drink. Like, <laughs> I mean, that who, seems like such a Corey Kispert thing to do. If you know anything yeah. about Corey Kispert, right? Yeah, I, I, I do. But he listen, man. look, we lost that game. Let's be honest. Like at certain points of that game, we got shook, right? Especially when Jalen took the two fouls early. Right. And then we had dudes in the game in the time that they normally not in the game, you know, and and I think we never really recovered from that. And then they shot the lights out. Come on, man. Like Mitchell was, you know, lights out. I mean, they just shot the lights out. man. And and then, you know, we still I I really thought it should have been by 30. Right. Because I really thought at this point I was like, as a fan now, this this is me talking as a fan. I didn't see a real efficient game from us like 10 games ago, right? Because I think, you know, we kind of went through a little slump. We were still winning, right? But not as efficient as the first seven games right of the season, right? Or the first 12 games of the season, right? We came out really, really, you know, really tough. And we were really, really efficient. And I felt like as the season was going through, 
the amount of minutes that we were we were playing was starting to well on, you know, really just just wear us out a little bit. And then I just really believe that UCLA game with all the emotions and the physicality and all that, it just took our legs. I really believe if we had two games after that, and this is not how it works. So I ain't making no excuses. So I get it. Like we should have manned up and should have did it. But I think with two games, you know, two days of rest in between there, we'll, we'll see a different team. Because Kisper missed shots that he normally don't, that's legs, man. You know, but this is just part of the March Madness thing, you know. But true enough, I really believe they were a tough team, you know, but they were a beatable team. And, and I just thought that because we had that emotional game, it, it was nuts, right? It's one of the best college games I've ever been to. Like, I think it just took a lot out of us, and we never recovered within that, you know, that time frame to, to bounce back. You know, so so maybe three games is what I'm trying to say. Three days is what I'm trying to say of rest that I think that we probably could have emotionally got back to where we needed to be. Um, but, you know, this is how it works. You know, we, we're not going to do it next year, though. Most definitely not. And I think, you know, just kind of the way it all went down, it's got to really be such a motivating factor for all those guys that are coming back, that have the opportunity to get Gonzaga back to that stage this time. They'll come out on the other end. I'm just curious, you know, you know, we heard everything about this, this tricky trio. We've got one member that's gone and he's going to go do great things in the NBA. Now we get a dynamic duo, Dom Julian. What do you think those two guys now with an elevated role next year will be able to do? I think, you know, they're going to be able to showcase their talents, you know, Um, you know, I know the word not on the street, but you know, Dom's one of the best defenders out there. So Mm -hmm. he's a lockdown defender, you know, as well. And, you know, he can, you know, give it to him on both sides of, of the ball. And I think, you know, Julian the same way. I mean, we're talking about guys who had a chance to experience one of the best seasons ever of any college program, put in all the practice reps, right, and, and get their body, you know, strong. I mean, like kudos, nobody want to talk this, but let's, let's give kudos to TK, man, you know, Travis Knight. I mean, our guys were relatively pretty healthy considering, you know, playing seven. You know, that's a lot of minutes for seven, you know. Could we expand that? That's that's the coach's business, right? But I think TK and his staff, like, did a good job on the sports science of keeping our guys healthy, right? And, and um, you know, like I said, we lost one game, y'all. One game, you know. And it was the most important game we have, yada, 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 yada. Right? But it's still one game. I mean, if somebody told me that my kid would only lose one game his freshman year, and he'd get his freshman year back if he wants it, right? you know, because of eligibility, like you sign up for that, you know, every day and twice on Sunday, right? I mean, so, I mean, like we're, we're going to be fine, but we're close. So we lost Suggs, which is, you know, huge. I, I'm saying the tricky trio is not, not over. Jalen passed the baton to Chet. Chet was there in the building that night. It was really four, right? Y'all saw the, the deal when we came in, all four walked in the building. The right? iconic picture, the iconic right. picture. <laughs> all four right got jerseys on so it was just a substitution with the tricky trio right because technically uh dom and, and julian are still freshmen you know what i'm saying with chet you know um uh, and they play like dom only paid like 160 minutes you know what i mean so i've been dom's only uh, basketball trainer so you know we've been in the gym he's home now you know he, he came in on friday so we got in the gym for the first uh time today and i've been in his ear you know, in his ear, like, there's no way in the world we get embarrassed like that again on national, you know, TV by anybody. 
So it's not happening on our watch. So, fellas, we're going to be good. I love it. I love it. Well, we end all of our interviews with, with our special intern, Cooper, here. And he does what we call Coopy's Quick Hits. He's going to hit you with some quick questions. Um, and, and they're going to catch you off your toes a little bit. So right, be Cooper, ready. Don't be too hard, Cooper. Yeah, no more, no more softball, Sean. So we're, we bring the heat here. Um, so to kind of kick things off, you mentioned Dom. Um, he's a strong defender. So with that being said, uh, who, like from an NBA perspective, does Dom's game remind you of? You know, uh, Dame Lillard. Oh, Dan called it. Dan called it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Does does Dom have the clutch gene that Dame has? I hope you see it this year, man. I hope oh, it. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you guys never saw the Dominate series? Uh, the Dominate oh, series. I was a big fan of the Dominate series. <laughs> right. You see the couple games where he hit four threes in a row, right? And bring it close to yeah. No what um what made Dom start wearing the like uh, like he'd wear two types of shoes or it's like two different colors? I thought that was so cool. I never even I, Jay I couldn't never, pull that off. I never Jay asked him, you know why he did the two different colorways, you know. Um, but they were fired, all right. Yeah, I was I was jealous. I'm like, man, I wish I was good at basketball so I could do that. But <laughs> no, no doubt. No, I like I like the Damian Lillard comparison. Um, and then just kind of. Sp- you know, sticking with the NBA, obviously, Jalen declared, and of course, uh, Evan Mobley declared, and you've had a chance to watch both of them as Dom's teammates. Right. So hypothetically speaking, you're the GM of an NBA team. Who are you drafting? You know, if, if Minnesota get two, you, you take the home kid. You take the home kid. You can't go wrong, man. Um, top notch personified, that's Jalen. All out, does whatever it takes for his teammates. I mean, I love him, man. I'm in love with the kid, man, to be totally honest with you. You know, in love with him. Um, his heart is in the right place. He's a care, you know, individual. You know, he don't say anything he doesn't mean. You know, um, his family is a great family. You know, Molly and his dad and everybody, like his whole family. I love his grandma, too, on his dad's side. Like, uh, I give her the biggest hugs every time I see her. Like, um, you know, that's one thing we missed. Like, I wish that he was able to rock out in front of the kennel. Because oh. it would have been a crazy explosion, right? Because, you know, uh, I mean, that vibe would be crazy. So, you know, I told Dom, he got he to gotta bring it for, for Jalen next year, too. And, and, you know, tear that place up. You know, just turn it out every night. And um, I, I don't know why, you know, people are doubting us. But I'm telling you, like, I think our calling card is going to be when we play against Duke. Duke supposed to have one of the the best recruiting classes coming in, right? And um, that that game was scheduled the day after Thanksgiving, right? Black Friday, right? So I think that's a chance for us to elevate from there, and we'll shut everybody up again. And um, and Duke is looking really, really good. They reloading. Coach K is upset, right? He pissed off. He don't want to go out. <laughs> he don't want to go out. Sorry, right? You know we know that. Um, and I think that's when we're gonna close a lot of people's mouths again, man. So, but Jalen's intangibles, man, is unmeasured. I've never seen, I've been to a lot of gyms, but I've never seen a kid with so much will over skill, right? And play so freaking hard and with his heart. So he's going to do very, very well in the NBA. But if I'm Minnesota, you, you take him. And that's no slap in the face to Evan because Evan is a generational player. When I tell you I have seen him do things, um, him and Dom grew up together, you know, since, you know, nine, 10 years old. 
But, um, you know, he can impact the floor without the ball on the defensive end. He dunks everything. Everybody is a poster, right? His second jump is just as good as his first jump. And now he's starting to get a little size and he's changed his body a little bit. Uh, he's going to be a steal. But, you know, I, I'm saying Minnesota has a chance to take the home, you know, hometown kid. You, you take him. You don't get any better than Suggs right now. Especially for Minnesota. All the teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All the things they're dealing with, right? They, they, they need it. Yeah. They need it right now. No, I agree. And then um, just kind of looking at next year's team, um, I think as of today, we found out that Nemhard's coming back. Oh, yeah. If y'all had me earlier, I could tell you who all coming back. Timmy's coming back. <laughs> let, let's just see, let's just see Timmy hold coming up, back. Hold up, hold up. Wait, wait, Timmy's going. Quiet. Be quiet. Yeah. Can you say that one more time? Timmy's coming back. Oh, let's go. Oh, yeah. There yeah. it breaking is. News. Breaking news. Breaking Tim, news. When you hear this, don't be mad at me. <laughs> okay. We don't have too many listeners, so we Megan, should be okay. Megan, you know, Megan was, you know, his mom. You know, I love her dearly. You know, we always sit together. So if I'm breaking news, please still invite me to dinner. You know what I'm saying? But I will up. say, um, on the Zags parents' Twitter, I'd say you and Megan are kind of fighting for that. Like, to, I'd say, I'd say you're top spot right now. It's a good you know, rivalry. But, but Megan's <laughs> creeping up. You know. you know, I need to I need to give her the ball, man, because she's because let me tell you, uh, hey, I love her to death. Her heart's always in the right place. Um, you know, she loves this game, and her son is a dude, right? I mean, who don't love the stash, bro? Like, I mean, and he he easily could have been player of the year. You know, let's be honest about that. It, I mean, he was an ATM, bro. It's just when 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 do we want to pull up to the Brinks truck? He was money all year long, right? And and I think. You know, he's gotten better, too, because I think that Baylor game let him know that, hey, okay, it, it, you know, I got a little exposed, right, on the defensive end a little bit. They couldn't guard me, but I couldn't guard them. And and knowing him, he's going to take that challenge. And, and I think we're going to see him in the league next year as well. So uh, he's probably going to be one of the leaders. Of course, you know, he's one of the old elder statesmen, you know, out there now. <laughs> you know, you can believe that, right? So I remember – coming on our visit where he was just a young pup, right? He was just getting getting through it. And now he's one of the top dogs and one of the best uh, forwards. And, you know, I know they got him as a center, but he'd probably be a forward in the league, let's be honest, you know, um, in the country. And uh, I think he's going to rack up all the hardware and, and uh, we're going to need all of him to get this championship. And I think he's going to make it happen. Yeah, he's going to make it happen, bro. Nice. Well, you know, now that we know that Timmy's coming back. He is, man. He is, man. I'll come, <laughs> listen, man, I'll come, I'll come back on the show and apologize if he doesn't. But he, he should be back. <laughs> Love it. Um, what are What's your projection for next year's starting five? And then beyond that. See, here's the deal. Like, I'm in this <laughs> business, right? But if I say that, then I'm in some uncharted waters, right? Because, you know, people are like, oh, Look at LeVar Barr on the on the on your podcast. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get those comparisons, right? You know, so I, I'm gonna have to not go into that deep water there, right? But this is what I'm gonna say. Um, even last year with Suggs, Suggs probably what average about what 20, 25 minutes, you know, sometimes a little bit more. They do a great job with rotation. So, you know, Dom only needs about 20, 25 minutes to do his thing you know, if he's shooting efficiently. So it'd be the way we shared the ball last year, 
we duplicate that, everybody's eating at the table, right? It's just a couple of dudes that have the ability to bring the table to the table. You know, I think Timmy's one of those dudes. I think Chess one of those dudes. I think Don one of those dudes, you know, they can bring the table, you know, to the table. And, and I say that because if you look at how they score and, and what they get done, like Don had a short clip last year and he was still almost 40% from the three. And it's extremely hard, you know, if you never, if you ain't played this game, you don't understand it. But it's only been one Benny Johnson, right, who's the microwave. So dudes coming off the bench cold and trying to do something when you used to starting the game, you know, it's a different feel. It's a different run, right? And then we play top-notch quality, you know, Q1 competition. So, you know, it, it, it was a, a bit of an adjustment. But I think this year, you know, I think it's going to be, we're going to be fine. But I, I don't want to speculate about the, the starting lineup because then I will never live it down because, <laughs> you know, that would be apparent meddling in business. You know, I want to meddle in, into, never want to disrupt what the Zags got going on. But I, I would be really, really surprised, you know, um, if Dom Harris is not out there only because his work ethic and what he brings to the table and what may be needed. But coaching made that decision. And um, I'm a ride with it, right? You, you didn't hear a peep out of me last year. And, and I thought, you know, personally, we all knew that Dom could have contributed in some of these games, right? We know that. You know, what impact? Who knows, right? But but we didn't, you didn't hear me complain about that. So I'm never going to complain about what Coach decided to do. I'm a ride with him. You know, that's family. And we're here. We're here for the duration. You know, the only time we'll leave if the NBA is, is calling. So we're not going to jump shit, you know, unless they tell me they want us to want us to leave. You know what I'm saying? So that can happen, too. Don't think college is college is a maze. You know, sometimes you don't fit a program and sometimes they ask you to leave, too. So the only only way we'll leave if they ask us to leave. Or if they or not. We don't want you to leave. Stay, oh, stay, yeah. stay with us. Stay with us. <laughs> I think that's the amazing thing about this this upcoming Gonzaga roster is, I mean, even last year, like Dom and Julian, they probably would have started on like over 90% of any other teams in the country. And this year, the reason why the debate's so interesting on who's starting is just the level of talent that is available on this roster. So, I mean, it's it's just such an exciting time. Well, I can tell you this last year, this is what I was told. And I think it's fair to say this. Um, they, you know, uh, Tommy, you know, told me, hey, with Don, well, he came in um, with the best, you know, body fat percentage of any freshman in Gonzaga history, right? That's really, he was like sub 4%. Um, so he was fit and ready to go. Um, you know, I was told he had the best skill set of any freshman coming through. And the only thing that he needed was experience, right? And they knew that was going to be kind of tough bringing in a squad that just won 30 games, right? So, you know, about two weeks before, you know, they told me, hey, you know, you know, we, we're going to get Andrew in, right? And, you know, things may change. Now, Don probably plays more if, if, if Andrew doesn't get, you know, activated. But he did. And guess what? That's actually things happen for you, not to you. And that was the best thing that probably could have happened for Don. Because this growth year has been really tremendous, right? We couldn't duplicate that. So now to get a chance to play with Nimhart and, and Salas, right? And, you know, and 
Chet and Drew, <clears throat> I think it's going to be amazing. You know, head, 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 head. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything. That was just a I, list of five names. Just know? five like, names, just five players. Who? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just we talk about fall out that way. We talk about all this depth that that the team has, and you brought up the Baylor three guard system and the opportunities that we could have within our guards. What do you think? Just that level of competition is going to be like when you get all these guys on campus for the first time. For for most of this season, we all thought that our most competitive game we had played was when we'd go five on five scrimmaging. What yeah. do you think about this, that that backcourt competition next year? with Dom, with Hunter, with Andrew, maybe another guard in the portal, you know. Yeah, it's going to be another transfer coming for sure. Um, you know, they always find the right fit. I think it's going to be tremendous. Like, it, that's, that's what's so great about, you know, our program. You know, it's not about how many points you score. It's about playing the right way. <clears throat> you know, you know, you pick a guy from our program, you know he can play. Like, we don't talk about Joel enough, right? But he's a he's an NBA dude, right? You know, he's a guy that could be an impact like a Patty Mills was, right, for the Spurs. he get the right system. He'll do everything that you need him to do, right? And I'm not comparing both of their games, but, I mean, as far as functionality, right, to fit in whatever they need. Because, you know, Joel is going to do whatever it takes, right? And he makes the right play. And he was huge for us in that UCLA game, right? He, we would not even been – even able to to compete if he didn't drop what he dropped in the first half. Let's but we just go past that like it didn't happen. You know, first first zag to actually have a triple double. I don't care how you want to spice it up. He did it right. You know, um, spent four years here, came here when he was 16 years old and developed and just put his head down. So you gotta love dudes like that, right? So somebody in the NBA need to scoop him up because he's going to help out and he rebounds his tail off, right? I don't think we've seen a better rebounding guard. So it gives me an opportunity as Dom's trainer to say, hey, we need to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, and I think this year we can focus on things a lot more efficiently because we know the role with what coach wants us to do. And then um, we have the experience, right? They said wisdom is a virtue, right? It only can be obtained by experience. And I, I'm not going to get nerdy on you guys right now, but. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's so true, right? So you have to go through some things. If we can stay healthy, we're going to be completely fine. That's my only opposition for our team. Can we stay healthy? Is Chet Body going to be able to stay healthy? Is Dom going to be able to stay healthy? Because he tried to dunk on everybody. He gets one step. He's trying to bring it down. Oh, his roster, his roster photo. He had the, <laughs> yeah. he had the, the oh, yeah. nose and the oh, yeah. eye thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy, right? Um, <laughs> that's him banging it up, man. Like, you know, so it's it's going to be really, really amazing. But the great thing about it, guess who problem that is? That's Coach Fuse's problem. That's not my <laughs> You know, I'm just going to bring the popcorn and support, right? And support it all the way through. I spent all year long supporting and rooting every kid. My kid wasn't out there some nights, right? It didn't matter. Okay, you didn't see my tweets change or I wasn't enthusiastic about it. Like we've been, I've been cheering for the scene now for the last five years. So it doesn't change. Would I like to see my kid get out there and boogie and do his thing? Absolutely, because he's done that already. Check the receipts, he's done it. He was a top <laughs> eight guy, right? 
in the state of California. A lot of pros come out of Cali. To be a top eight guy in your class, 11 in the class, total class, right? And then 12 in the region, they just don't get, and I didn't, we didn't even go to a skills camp. See, that's what people don't realize. We did it different in California. I didn't go to all these skill camps with Dom. We didn't do that. Dom went to two camps of significance in high school, and that was his senior year. He went to uh, NBA Top 100 and went to the Pangos, you know, All-American, right, which are the two top camps. And then the Iverson, he got picked for the Iverson Classic, but COVID dropped that out. So everything else you see from this kid, we didn't play USA basketball. We didn't even sign up for it. So, you know, all these four stars and all that, that's off of game experience, being with Rancho, being on a national schedule. That didn't come in in the camps or, or stuff like that that people kind of chase, chase these stars around. We didn't do that. We just went to work. So no disrespect for anybody else's journey, but we did it a little different. So I wasn't, you know, we got a driven over given mentality. So I wasn't expecting much, but hey, I think we picked the right school, right? If we didn't do nothing else, right? We did that, right? I think, I think so. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think next year team is certainly gonna be deep. And I think we're all expecting quite a big role from Dom, but just looking forward to next year. And you kind of alluded to it earlier when you mentioned Duke, we played Duke. Black Friday. I think we're all planning on be there, and I'm assuming you'll be there, Sean. There. With that in mind, it is Vegas, and we all know the fun happens off the court. It does. So we're going to be hitting the tables. The real question is, is Sean hitting the tables with us? You know what? Hey, I am. I'm going to be posted up somewhere for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm your gonna, game. You know what? That's my problem. I love everything. <laughs> um, I, might, I might throw the dice a little bit. Oh yes! You know, uh, um, oh boy, crowds would be. It's I'm not a gambling problem; better. it's a competition problem, right? Yeah, look, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm normally a side better. You know, I don't really want the dice, but I'm <laughs> my most money not even touching the dice to be honest. But um, I might throw a couple, depending on how we looking, and roulette a little bit for sure. I can play a little poker as well, but I'm gonna try not dabble too hard. You know, in Vegas. You know, I have a younger brother that lives out there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be at the table, though. I'm going to be at the table. Where are y'all going to be at? Where, wherever y'all at, y'all text me and I'm coming. How about oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Coop does have a hot hand in, in craps. Let me tell okay. you. Right. Cooper is the – he can make you some money. So Okay. Hey, I'm with you then. I'm with you. All <laughs> you get it going for sure. No hey, doubt. Whether it's Vegas or New Orleans – we got two great places to go watch the Zags either. Actually, no, let's say we're doing both. We're going to smack Duke in Vegas. We're going to go win it all in New Orleans. We're going to be with Sean for the celebration. Why it's not? Gonna, it's going to be one heck of a year. Sean, thank you so much for, uh, for, for coming on. And uh, that was just a fascinating conversation. And I hope all of our listeners enjoyed it just as much as we did. So thank hey, when you very we, much. When we win it all, y'all got a guarantee to have me back. No yes. doubt. Deal. 100%. 100%. We'll just replay this interview over like timestamp. Look at it. 420. Hey, we got to believe, right? Let's go, Zags. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Hey. Absolutely. Sean, thank you so much. We will definitely have you on again in the near future. And uh, yeah, go, Zags. Great day to be a Zag. And uh, let's go just win it all next year. Why not? Absolutely. Somebody got to do it. <laughs> All righty. Thanks again so much, Sean Harris, for hopping on the podcast. The boys really appreciate it. 
Uh, I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, but let's move on. You know, in, in some more news with the Zags, we hinted at it earlier, but obviously Jalen Suggs has declared for the NBA draft. Um, likely a top three pick, absolute stud. Um, the boys are going to run through our favorite memories of Jalen. You know, his time was short, but it was impactful. And uh, we all know that he had the legendary shot against UCLA. That's probably the top Gonzaga moment of all time. But we're going to give some, you know, maybe more unique perspectives and insights into uh, our specific moments and memories. So that being said, I'll let uh, Mr. Izagiri lead us off here with Ooh. his favorite moment. Oh, I thought I was going second. All right. Well, I'll go first because, and this is better because I want to get this out of the way early because I'm going to bring up the Baylor game one last time. Um, One thing I'll always remember about Jalen Suggs is when shit hit the fan in that Baylor game, when everything was going wrong, um, you could just tell that that kid was putting it all on the line. Even when we as fans knew the game was over, you could tell that Jalen Suggs refused to admit that the game was over. He refused to let the Zags go down and, and, and lose by like 30 or something like that. He, he kept us afloat for so long. And that, the, that character that he carries with him, um, just the passion, the intensity. Uh, oh, God, we're going to miss it so much at Gonzaga. But, I mean, we'll never forget this guy. He was there for such a short time. Um, and it's a goddamn shame that no fans and students got to see him in the kennel. Um, but man, I, yeah, I'll always remember this kid's like just maturity for a young guy too. Holy shit. Um, and so, yeah, the passion, maturity, and just the love of the game. I'll remember that about Suggs and that was exemplified in that Baylor game. Absolutely. I'm um, just going right down the, my grid list here. Uh, Dan, what was your favorite moment from Jalen? I mean, there's so many that we've, you know, talked about kind of throughout uh, the show and yes, being there live for his shot and that moment and never forgetting that is obviously, you know, something unbelievable about Jalen, but truly for me, it is a kid that talented choosing Gonzaga university in Spokane, Washington, that just, the, guy, the, the fact that that guy wanted to be a Zag from the start and everything he ever did throughout this season was just an indication of how much he loved the school, how much he bought in. A guy like that, that talented, would be so easy to go to the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, where you're there, you pass through, you move on. Like, yes, that is ultimately what Jalen's doing as a one and done, but the impact he made and just the way that he wanted to connect people together while he was in Spokane uh, – Un- unbelievable talent, unbelievable kid. I can't wait for when he gets his rightful homecoming back in Spokane. I would have loved to see him in a freaking parade in the you know downtown Spokane. Maybe you take that parade in the Logan neighborhood, have Jalen up there with the trophy. He deserved everything, but I uh, can't wait to watch that guy moving on and uh, forever grateful and indebted to him that he chose Gonzaga University. Well said. Yeah, people forget the impact his commitment really has had uh, on our program, uh, on our beloved program. So moving on, Coop, I'm handing off the mic to you, man. What was your favorite Jalen Suggs moment? Um, well, I'd like to think that Jalen and I passed things up after my, uh, my whole spiel that he may not start when we kick things off last year, but 
so I like think we move past that. But I think just looking back, the what stood out for me was just his uh, competitive spirit. And I don't think there is a game that really uh, uh, folk or was more of a focal point for that than um, the West Virginia game when he went out with an injury. And I'm sure every coach said, hey, just sit this one out. We can get this done without you. And he said, no, I'm coming in and I'm going to get this done. And that's exactly what he did. So I think that says a lot about his attitude and his commitment to the team. And he uh, he, he did that all year. Absolutely. Yep. Without a doubt, that competitive spirit could light up a room. Um, Jake, what was your favorite memory? I'm, I'm backing up Coop. Coop said it all. Perfect. Great. That's a great moment, Jake. Good job. Um, I guess I'll – Oh, Zambi, looks like Zambi wants to take it. Zambi, go for it. All right, so Jalen Suggs, super glad he had a chance to be a Zag. Um, one of the most incredible shots, if not the most, in Gonzaga history. Originally, when I saw this uh, little part on our rubric here, I was I immediately gravitated towards the alley-oop against Kansas because it's kind of like the, oh, crap, like this guy's for real, you know? But being able to be in Spokane for the UCLA shot, um, it, it's uncomparable. That has to be my favorite. Um, I won't say the name of this place because we don't do free advertising, except for El Yacateco. But this place on the South Hill, local watering hole, was going absolutely bonkers. You know the tequila was flowing, and the Zaghearts were very full. Love it. Absolutely. That must have been obviously being there was probably an absolute earthquake, but being in Spokane was probably right there. Um, I can only imagine, but I'll close this out. Um, I'm going to go ahead and point to the Iowa game. I think what stood out to me was all the neg, not necessarily negativity, but just kind of doubt about where everyone was going to be uh, coming off of a COVID pause uh, right before playing, you know, Oh, just the number three team in the country at the time. Uh, Mark Few was like, look, we had one practice before we're playing this the number three team with, you know, national player of the year, Luca Garza. And uh, they step onto that, you know, very, very dark brown hardwood, old school Indiana gym. And um, Suggs absolutely lights it up. And there was a play where, you know, you know, star players have their moments where obviously Suggs was like, what, seven for 10 from three. Um, but there's one play that really stuck out that, you know, again, kind of exemplifies his competitive spirit where, you know, he gave up a turnover, was so far back, and Iowa was, was on a fast break. He comes out of nowhere, around the corner, around one of the Iowa guys, and just swats the absolute shit out of this little floater. Um, and that, to me, was just that never-give-up spirit that he, you know, clearly displayed all season long. And um, gave me goosebumps. I was like, holy shit, this kid is special. Um, so that's my favorite, Gonzaga, or not Gonzaga, but... Jalen Suggs moment right there. Um, but wrapping it all up, Suggs, thank you so much. If you're somehow listening to this podcast, thank you so much for everything you've done for the program, uh, the positive light you put it in. And, um, you know, we'll miss you next year. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you, Jalen. And the torch has to Chet. Salap. Love it. And with that being said, I'm going to pass it off to Mr. Chris Zamblin. For a lovely little special Zamblin's Corner this week, going back. Well, hello, hello. 
Happy fourth month of April and 20th day of the month. We're coming live to you from Capitol Hill for a quick resurgence of Zambi's Corner. Today, we're diving into a little quick hits, as Cooper says, of Pandora's box regarding today's date. So if you did not know, Bob Marley, kind of an icon for today, has a son born on today's date. No, it is not Ziggy. I'm sure you guys are all thinking that. It was actually Stephen Marley born on April 20th, 1972. And he is the last son that Bob and Rita had together. However, I know many of our listeners do enjoy hops. We love going to No Lie. We love having a born and raised or a red wine haze if you're a hazy kind of guy, gal, they, them, whatever you want to go by. But cannabis and hops are also in the same family. So if you have a beer day, you're technically celebrating today's date. And speaking of highways, there is actually, oh, oh, is this breaking news? Actually, we have a quick little intro here. Surprisingly enough, some companies involved on today's date, they'll drive up to Freshman in Tempe, Arizona, offer you free sunglasses, a hemp shirt, and a discount code to promote their said brand regarding the specific date. And that'll lead us into Highway 420. It's in the state of Idaho, very close to Gonzaga University, but it has been stolen so often that they stopped replacing the sign. And at this point, people are so frustrated with it, they start stealing the 419 mile marker instead. Closing out, I will say some people enjoy this day more than others, but let me tell you, being in Seattle, Capitol Hill, walking back to my car, I will say there are definitely people having a good time today, and I'll pass off the torch and be out. Well done, Christopher. Well done. Uh, definitely rose to the occasion there. Stepped up, hit a home run. Love it. Speaking of home runs, time for baseball banner. You guys like that little switch right there? That was, that nice. was beautiful. That was beautiful. Nice. Whoa, that's a professional hey. radio host. All, he surprised himself. Up. You could tell he surprised himself there. <laughs> it kind of clicked. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, but with that being said, baseball banner, boys. I don't know who whoever's listening to the pod at this moment is very invested in the a few too many baseball rivalry, clearly. Um, but as most of you know, the Dodgers came and paid the Padres a little visit. And um, just overall, a hell of a series. I mean, shit, I was on the, the edge of my seat for freaking three days straight. Um, but I'll pass it off to the uh, to the Dodger boys and get their quick thoughts. Yeah, I'll I'll start it off more civilly because I felt like Paige and I, you know, I'll give us a little hey, high five, zoom high five there, Paige, because because we did well this this week. We didn't get into it too much. I think for the most part, man, if if you're a baseball fan, even if you're a diehard Dodger fan, if you hate the Padres, if you hate the Dodgers, you had to sit back and say, Holy shit, this is just good baseball. This is great baseball. You're looking at the two best teams in baseball right now. Like there's not a doubt in my mind that these are the two best teams. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, you hats off to the Dodgers for pulling out the, uh, the series win. Um, it, it almost like it was weird cause it didn't totally feel like we won the series because every game was just so close. Um, 
one thing that I, that one like aspect of this rivalry going forward, because we have what freaking 16 more games um, is just, are these teams going to be able to maintain this like, uh, like high emotion style of baseball high. Like this was an October game. This wasn't a mid freaking April game. Um, And so I don't know. I think that's like a legit concern for both teams for fans though. I mean, we love this. This was great. Um, tough, tough for the, uh, for the dads down there to lose that, that 12th inning one though. I'll give only one job to page there. That was a tough, tough loss. Yeah, definitely a hell of a series. And you, you, you hit it. Uh, it feels like October baseball in April. Like you talk about postseason baseball, how you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Every pitch could be the one that changes the game. And that's what that was like for three days. And the fact that we get to do that 16 more times, sign me up. It's going to be uh, a hell of a run. Um, I think the Padres proved that they are literally right there. They are as close as you can get to the Dodgers right now, in my opinion. Um, I have one issue with the series, and that is the goddamn jerks and pro far check swing into the glove catcher's interference nonsense. Justin, as a baseball fan, former baseball player, former pitcher, can you possibly defend your guy pro far on that one? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. It was a check swing. Oh my god, the ball was in the glove. You see how far freaking Will Smith's glove was? It was like in his, the middle of his belt. Who you can't what, catch the ball out there? Was the it Austin was in the glove. He didn't it was even Austin Barnes. It was Barnes catching. It wasn't even Will Smith. No, it was Smith. Smith was in no. the lineup. No, it was good. Barnes always Whoever, catches. It doesn't catches matter who it was. It was fucking his hand was halfway up the plate. All right. I'll I'll I will mediate as a neutral party in the middle. Dan, I'm actually gonna have to disagree with you here. Um, no more Garcia Parra even said it best. I that whole scenario was just a result of how nasty Clayton Kershaw's pitches are. He fooled Jurison Profar so bad that it just made him look like a ridiculous, like his swing was hideous. It wasn't, it wasn't a good swing, but I don't, he wasn't trying to hit the glove. I refuse to believe that. No. I even know Mark Garcia Parra said he just got fooled so bad that it was just. The, yeah, the, he, the, got, the he got, he got, he was trying to recover. He was trying to foul it off. That's yeah. a fair play. If anything, it's just That's credit to Kershaw play. to credit to Kershaw for how nasty some of his stuff is. Yeah, hey, I mean, he was lights out. Fireworks fly back to back days. Sunday was a little boring in terms of there was never any kind of benches clearing interaction or anything like that. <laughs> this is gonna be a ton of fun. Hopefully, we see yeah. this thing in the NLCS because wow, imagine yeah. this for a spot in the World Series. I know, I know. Padres, they got some things to work on for sure. I was, it was. Positive to see, like, our, our pitching's right there. I mean, that, that was kind of uh, what I wanted to see. Um, and then the hitting, I mean, we got to get healthy. We got to get – just have some better at-bats from our stars. I think a lot of our, you know, kind of role players um, had good series, like Cronenworth, um, obviously Pro Pitched. Bar. But, Pitched. <laughs> yeah, hey, people forget. He can't – dude, he throws, like, 96 when he uh, when he lays it back. He was a closer at Michigan. Yeah. Um, but great. Speaking of studs, Cronenworth's a fucking stud. But um, yeah, I mean, I tried not to take it too serious. Uh, Results-wise, I mean, obviously, I wanted to fucking win, but I was like, okay, come on, long season, long season. Um, but speaking of that Sunday game, want to give a little shout out to Mr. Tuck Hune. 
coming at me. Doesn't even know my name. Calls me Padre Boy. <laughs> saying fucking Trevor Bauer is going to have 10 plus Ks against the Padres. Now, this Padres lineup is very different from previous Padres teams. And as a baseball fan, Tuck should know that. Um, they grind ABs, and sure, they'll K every once in a while. But 10 plus strikeouts, even for Bauer, that is quite the task. Um, I was happy it didn't come true, and I was happy we got the dub. So uh, there's a little love for you, Mr. Hewn. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I thought we were boys, but you know what? It's all right. Shit happens. And, uh, you know, Padres still have a majority stake in the, in the entire state of Texas. Shout out to the Rangers. Go Slam Diego, baby. I will say one quick thing about those games. The fact that we went from watching an NCAA tournament where it's ride or die every possession and it's win or go home, and then we're just watching, like, game 15 of a 162-game season. Like, just that that stress level is just very interesting to kind of contrast. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so much longer, dude. Baseball, you're just like, oh, my God, this is three hours. Uh, but, no, nah, it's, it's going to be – an incredible season, I think. Honestly, Padres get Lamette back tomorrow, um, but they lose one. They lost one of their studs to Tommy John, unfortunately. So, um, no, it's gonna be a great season. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll. I'll. Uh, speaking of baseball, it was it was so great yesterday. Um, a couple of the boys here, Jake, Zambi, uh, our you know Penny, got to go to the the Mariners Dodgers game. Sure, the Dodgers lost, Mariners won. Uh, tip of the cap to the nerves there, but it was so freaking great to be at a live sporting event for the first time in like a year and a half. Um, and so I, we, we talked about how slow baseball is, but there's nothing better than sitting in the top deck behind home plate with your boys, crushing, crushing Coors lights, getting yelled at by the elevator lady to, to turn around and, <laughs> and keep looking forward. Um, have a couple garlic fries, a hot dog, you name it. Great day at the ballpark. Yeah, low key the the beers in the ballpark like during like kind of COVID restrictions, pretty nice because you have like the whole area to yourself, big old table. You're just enjoying the view. There's no like normal stress of trying to get a beer or anything. It's all easy. It was it was a great great sporting event to go to. Yeah, no, I mean it felt great to be back at Safeco. I will not call it T-Mobile. Maybe give me three years. Maybe I'll accept it, but there's two points I'd like to mention here. One, I think Gilman gave Zane the most shit out of like me, Jake, and Penny. <laughs> not even a real Mariners fan, Jake. Not even a real not a, Mariners. not a Mariners fan at all. I just enjoy watching the Dodgers lose. <laughs> there was a like the Mariners would throw a strike, and Jake would look over at me, and I'd immediately feel his glare on the side of my head every single strike. And uh, my second point here, um, I was going to touch on how angry the workers were. Like they, they told Jake to just drink his beer as opposed to getting a spill stopper, but I won't go into that. Um, I would like they to say though, pussy. that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the main thing at MLB games now, apparently is you need to be actively eating or drinking so technically you can wear your mask a little bit lower if you just have your beer in your hand coincidental sip oh that's why my mask is down so for anyone still listening at this point 
take note. Just keep drinking or eating the entire game. <laughs> peanuts. You're, you're eating peanuts the whole game? Get oh, us boy. out of here, Paige. Get us out of here. All right. Well, baseball's back. Put a bow tie on the last Gonzaga season with a little bit of hope for next year. I'm sure that'll continue to grow. Uh, one last thank you to Sean for hopping on the pod. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Um, shout out to the boys for just showing up. What is it now? 57 weeks, basically straight with maybe a break here or there. Uh, we are just churning content for y'all without making a goddamn dime. So shout out to us. Um, (laughs) We are still amateurs. So if any big podcast network wants to sign us, we're blowing up, baby. We're to the moon. (laughs) Maybe we Uh, make an NFT. For the Dogecoin of podcasts. (laughs) I love that. love that for us. All righty. Well, everyone, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, fans.